Welcome to Ambo TV. Each week we bring you dynamic sermons from next generation pastors from across the country. And as always, they're bringing a fresh new style to the Word of God. And then we discuss them right here in studio. I'm Dean, your host for the Holy Ghost Windsor. And today we have an exciting show for you. We have sermons from Florida and Georgia that are going to be amazing. And first up is Pastor Corey Demo from Cape Christian Church in Cape Coral, Florida. He's continuing their sermon series, who is this man? This series has been looking at the person of Jesus and how he transformed the world. Today he's talking about the ministry of Jesus that was imparting dignity in everyone, regardless of their background. And next, we go to Tampa, Florida to check out Pastor Tommy, aka Urban D at Crossover Church. He's in their sermon series called Joy Jacked. Whoa, don't be afraid, it's gonna get cool. Uh, he's teaching us how to make sure life situations don't jack or steal our joy. And at the same time, he wants us to jack up or build up our joy. See what he did there? It's like a play on words. It's not so frightening. And he's coming from Philippians and giving us a few pointers on how to guard our joy. So cool. And lastly, we had to Foresight Georgia to Mountain Lake Church with Pastor Chris Emmett. His sermon is called Under Pressure, I Need a Break. In this message, he's encouraging us to not live under the pressure of other people's opinions. I mean, totally makes sense to me. If you're a people pleaser or you struggle with that kind of thing, this message is definitely for you. And I'll be joined in studio with my friend and fellow kick enthusiast and the current leader of guest appearances on Ambo TV, Pastor Stephen Francis of Valley Christian Church in Poughkeepsie, New York. He's back in the house and he's here to help me break down all these cool sermons and of course, have some fun. We're gonna get back to him a little later, but right now I wanna get to Pastor Corey Demel at Cape Christian Church in Florida. Let's go ahead and check him out. And so the idea was the king was made in the image of God. And then there was this huge dividing line for everybody else. And then the gap became challenged by an idea. In fact, it was an idea that Israel had safeguarded for, for several years, centuries, in fact. But here was the idea. There is what, but one God. He's incredibly good. And get this. He made every human being in his image. Every human being. The poor, the lame, the blind. The women, the children, the black, the white, the Hispanic, the, the old, the young, the religious, the, 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 the slave, the peasant, the craftsman, the artisan, the court people, the priest, the king, all made in the image of God. This was the idea that Jesus brought. This was a radical idea regarding dignity, and Jesus was heir to this, and he lived it and taught in a way and treated people in a way that no one had ever seen in the world. Up to this point in the history of the world, nobody ever taught the way Jesus taught, lived the way he did, and treated people the way he did to kind of challenge this gap. Now, imagine for a second if there's the top 2% and all of a sudden there's this new emerging idea that everybody has bestowed worth, dignity is, is afforded to everyone because everybody equally bears the image of God, what do you think this does to the hearts of the 98% that are not the haves? It gives them hope, it gives them purpose, it gives them identity, it levels the playing field. What do you think it does to the top 2%? Oh, it ticks them off. They, they do not like this mess. What do you mean you're equal to me? Again, in a world that I don't even have the ability to, with words to paint a picture of how much it was about status and nobility and excellence and greatness. It's where we get the Olympics. 
all of that, that came out of that whole time in history. And Jesus offers this idea that dignity is afforded to everybody equally, that worth is afforded to everybody equally. And so, of course, you have these, this group of people who have been oppressed by whatever system, whether they were Roman or even in the religious elites with the Pharisees and the people that were even Jewish. And, and they're, of course, they're loving the words of Jesus because, like, wait, you're saying that, like, all men are created equal. And, and, and all of the Roman leaders and all of the Jewish leaders are like, oh, heck no. Because if this is true, they lose their status, they lose their position, they lose their dignity gap. And so this message became radical. And here was the idea, crazy idea. When Jesus looked at people, he saw the image of God. Every person he interacted with, the way he treated people, the way he talked to them, he literally, it caused him to teach, teach and treat people with, eat with such dignity because he literally looked at every person as bearing the image of God. So let me ask you a couple of questions. Do you see, when you look at other people, do you see other people as bearers of the image of God? Whether they're people you know or don't know, whether they're people you like or don't like, whether they're people that are like you or dislike you, whether the people who have made way more mistakes than you or been more successful than you, when you look at people, do you see that everybody bears the image of their creator? And then here's the second question. Do you see yourself as an image bearer of God? Do you really, when you look in the mirror, you get up in the morning, you go, man, I am made in the image of my creator. I bear the image of God. This naturally gives me worth. It gives me value. It gives me dignity. It bestows honor upon me. Because if you can't see the worth that you have, there's no way you'll see the worth that others have. And this is, listen, I'll just tell you, everything that Jesus introduced, none of it was like you needed a PhD to understand. In fact, most of his followers were uneducated, unschooled people. It's all really simple, but we still haven't been able after thousands of years to really wrap our minds and hearts around it. And so we come to church every week to be reminded of how much more there is we can do, right? Jesus is really just saying, crazy idea, love God, view other people as image bearers of, of God, treat them as such, but that actually has to start with you understanding that you bear the image of God, that you were created in his image, and you, there is no tier system. You have value, you have worth, because God says so, not because of anything you have or haven't done. This was the idea that Jesus came and introduced in, in per, uh, perhaps a time in history where status and worth mattered more than any other time. He, and, and here's the most ironic thing about Jesus. This is what's just so fascinating to me. He changed the conversation about who has worth and dignity, but when he entered the world, he had no dignity. He was born to a woman who wasn't married to his dad. In those days, that would, the, the term they gave that was a mamzer. Uh, basically, every society in history has had a word for a child that was born uh, without parents, parents that were married. None of them have been good that I've found so far. Not only was he, did he come into the world with no dignity, he actually left the world with even less dignity than he came with. He died, convicted, beaten, bleeding, abandoned, almost naked, shamed. In fact, in the Jewish culture, they had a scripture that said, cursed is anyone who dies and is hung on a tree. How did Jesus die? Hung on a tree. He literally came into the world with no dignity, left the world with less dignity than he had, yet he had this message and this idea that everybody bared the image of God and he changed the conversation for dignity. All right, Pastor Corey Demo, breaking it down about dignity. Uh, Pastor Stephen Francis, thank you so much for coming back. This is your, not your trifecta. This is like quadruple times, man. This could be my fourth time, like fifth fourth time, time here. Yeah, man. You're I'm losing OG. count. Yeah, yeah. You're, our, you're our VIP OG. So I want, I want to jump in to Pastor Corey here. And, um, this is one of the things that I struggle with, you know, with Christianity, with, with my faith walk. And 
other Christians struggle with, you know, let go and let God. And mine is that seeing God's image in, mm -hmm. in, in the beggar, in the addict, in the person that's just mean to you. Like, help me out. Like, how mm -hmm. do I see God mm -hmm. better in, in these people? So what I want to say is what the pastor was brilliantly talking about is the Imago Dei, the okay. image of God, which means that everyone is created with a level of value, with a level of worth that cannot come from any other means, but comes because God's name is placed on them. Their intelligence level, their feelings, their emotions, all of it isn't just uh, designed, but it's divine. And to see the divine in each and every person is important because otherwise you can see someone because of maybe their, their background or maybe just because of the place that they've been uh, born in or the country that they're a part of, you may see them as less, but God's name is still upon them. And when you see people more for their name that God has placed on them first, it's a lot easier to respect them no matter what they've come from, no matter what they've done. So it's it's more of a matter of just basically looking at them as if they have God's name written on them already, mm -hmm. and to just to treat everyone in that respect, as opposed to making these snap judgments that I think we sometimes most of us are guilty of doing. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, because snap judgments are a thing, though. Like we 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 have to. I think that's just bad behavior to begin with. It really is. It yeah. really is. And it's important to look at someone for the content of their character. It's important to understand all of those things, but we always need to be sure that we see them for who they are, their value in God. All right, makes sense to me. See people for who they are, and uh, we're gonna be right back with more Ambo TV. Welcome back to Ambo TV, bringing you next generation pastors from across the country. Before we took a break, we were checking out Pastor Corey Demel, but right now I want to get to Pastor Tommy, a.k.a. Urban D down in Florida. Let's go ahead and check him out. It was put so beautifully that they're actually just the points of, of, of my message today. So if you're taking notes today, pull out your notes, pull out your phone today. And uh, here's the first one to write down. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress other people. Be humble. Now, I know that, that a lot of us here can say, okay, well, that's simple. That's easy. Yeah. No, it sounds simple. It sounds easy, but it's hard to do. That's why we're talking about it today. Because I don't know about you, but I still don't have this right all the time. And I'm guessing if I don't have it right all the time, then you probably got to work on some things too, right? We got to work on some things. Our human nature is we're born to be selfish and think about ourselves. And um, many times we step into a room and we don't know other people and we can try to impress other people because that's just automatically like we want to fit in. We want to be liked a little, at least a little bit. We don't want to look awkward or weird or, you know. And then, of course, we live in this social media world now where, you know, everybody is always trying to impress each other here on social media. Let me put a picture up. Oh, wait a minute. Let me just... Let me take the selfie again for the 17th time and put the right filter on it and the right color. Oh, I don't like it. Delete. You know, let me take it again. And, this, you know, and you'll spend 20 minutes posting one picture. Why do you do that? Because you want to impress some people. And when you spend 20 minutes to take one picture, that might be a little unhealthy. 
little unbalanced, right? The second part where Paul says, be humble. Somebody say humble. Popular to say, right? Easy to say. Hard to do. Hard to do. Some people will brag about how humble they are. That really doesn't make sense, right? They call that the humble brag. (laughs) Um, But the second part, the very last part of the verse is even harder, uh, where Paul says, thinking of others as better than yourself. What? Seriously? Like, yep, it's in there. What does that mean? Like, thinking of others better than myself? Like, how to, uh, oh, uh, but no, Paul's saying, like, do that in a healthy, balanced way. Because normally we don't think about other people before us. We always think about us, right? I deserve more. I deserve better. I, you know, all that. But Paul's saying in a healthy, balanced way, think of others even before you think of yourself. What does that mean? You've got to look at it in context. The next verse kind of helps bring that out. It's the next point. So Paul says this. says, don't look out only for your own interest, but take an interest in who? Others. Now, yes, I encourage you. You have to take care of your own family, and you got to work, and you got to pay your bills, and you got to, you know, take care of all that. But don't only just think about that. God has placed some other people in your life around you for you to take an interest in. Obviously, you can't help everybody, but God has specifically put some people in your life around you for you to help and for you to have an interest in, to love your neighbor as you love who? Yourself. And if you love yourself and you want yourself to win, then God's planted some other people in your life that's like, man, I'm supposed to help this person win. I'm supposed to pour into them. I'm supposed to help get them connected. I'm supposed to encourage them. I'm supposed to pray for them. I'm supposed to bring them to church. I'm supposed to love them, even sometimes when they're a knucklehead. Right? Because somebody probably loved you and took an interest in you, and that's why you're here today. All right. I like what Pastor Tommy is saying here because it reminds me of this cliche, like, if, uh, if you make it to the top, you got to send the elevator back down for somebody. But what if I feel like my elevator is stuck? What if I feel like I'm not in a position to help anybody right now? Like, is that being selfish or is it not my time? Or should it just be... All cards on the table. Stop what you're doing. If somebody needs help, you got to help them out. I think you can always help somebody out, but you can be creative with what that help looks like. I think oftentimes people try to put in a box what is generosity, what is kindness. And there are definitely some great ways of doing that. But I also believe sometimes it's you just taking time out of your day. Everybody says time is money. You know what I mean? Sometimes if you give someone just some of your time, That could be considered a great way of letting them feel heard and you showing generosity by taking time out of your day just to hear them out and speak with them. Same thing with being generous financially, of course, along with many other ways of being kind. Yeah, and I think that's that's where people get it a little twisted is because they feel like, you know, giving, the only way to give is monetary, Mm -hmm. right? So, So there are other ways that we can give, like, like you said, time or, you know, just Maybe a smile or something mm-hmm. like that, right? Is Absolutely. That works? Absolutely. I mean, you could do a smile. That's a very simple, that's a cheap, easy way to do it. <laughs> and then sometimes it's a word of encouragement. Sometimes it's just, like I mentioned before, saying, hey, how are you? How can I help you today? Mm-hmm. You know what really does me good sometimes? When I get a text from someone just out of the blue saying, hey, man, just thinking about you today. Hope you're doing well praying for you. I love that. See what mm-hmm. I'm talking about? Random text to your friends and your loved ones. They do appreciate it more than you think. Uh, we're going to get back to Pastor Tommy, a.k.a. Urban D, Urban D, excuse me, in a little bit. But right now, I want to throw it over to Pastor Chris Emmett 
in Florida and check him out too. It says, then Jesus said, and you can almost hear the tone of his voice changing. Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light. In other words, Jesus says this, whether you need a break or you are about to break, rest can be found. He covers two heavy, heavy extremes, extreme exhaustion and extreme pressure. He goes, whether you need a break, like you're just weary and exhausted and worn out, or you are about to break, you're carrying heavy burdens. He goes, whichever camp you fall in, he goes, rest can be found. Peace can be found. Rest for your souls can be found. And I want to talk about those two ideas of of, of exhaustion and feeling overwhelmed and in light of people's approval and in light of people's opinions. And go back to verse 28 where he says, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. I wrote this idea down. Living up to another person's approval is exhausting. Living up to another person's approval is exhausting. And I love how Jesus says, all of you who are weary and heavy, heavy burdens, come to me and you'll find rest. And I think for many of us, we're going, yeah, and what? But, but what else do you really need? And Jesus says, just come. Man, you're, you're approved. You're, you're wanted. You're loved. You're accepted. Whatever word you want to throw in there, your approval from Christ is when you come and go, Jesus, I need you. He goes, when you come, you will find rest. But when it comes to other people's opinions, it is exhausting living up to their opinions. It's exhausting living up to their approval. And we want their approval. We want the attaboy. We want the thumbs up. We want the double click on our picture. We want the kind words. And we want these things. And when we do that, it's like, it's like trying to hit a moving target. It's like, well, well, if you're happy now, then I'll do this. And then their uh, opinion changes. And now they're not so much approving. Well, I'll do this and I'll make this decision. We're running after people's approval and we're exhausted. It's like exercising on a treadmill. You do a lot of work and you sweat a lot, but you don't go anywhere. It's the same thing about chasing after people's approval. You're going to do a lot of work. You're going to put a lot of forth. You're going, I didn't really get anywhere. Living up to other people's approvals is exhausting. And if you find yourself exhausted, if you find yourself chasing after somebody's approval in your life, another human being's approval in your life. It's like trying to hit a moving target and you hit it one day and you wake up the next day and go, well, what happened? What happened is that they are human beings. But Jesus says, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens and you will find rest. And we go, yeah, but, but what else? And he goes, nothing, just come. Yeah, but Lord, there's gotta be a checklist. There's gotta be some things that you want. No, if you will come, you will find rest. Rest. What's fascinating is Jesus is teaching this whole new thing because the, the Pharisees that were there, they're going, no, no, no. Here's the hundreds of things that you have to do and the hundreds of things that you can't do. And Jesus goes, if you'll just come, you will find rest. You are approved. You are loved. I mean, 
instant validation, right? That that's kind of like the the soup of the day. It's, mm -hmm. it's the likes, the comments, the you know the constantly checking and, and this constant need of validation and approval, and we get it on demand now, right? Mm -hmm. And it seems like we're seeking this approval more from people than we are from God. Like how so? Which like if God blue checks you, you're good. Like you're straight. So like how how do we like just seek that approval more than? Because I find myself falling into the trap of like mm -hmm. how many people like my photo. Like yeah. how do we kind of steer away from that? You know it can be very difficult to do something like that nowadays because like you mentioned already, social media and other platforms have made it where instant gratification is so uh, instant. Yeah. And also when you look at social media, we see that there are endorphins and things like that that kick in when you see the likes yeah. and things like that and they've mechanically made it so that uh, you get more gratification the more times that you go on it. The point is, I believe God's validation is not only real, but it's substantial. It, it's something that you can always take to the bank with you. It doesn't change, it doesn't shift. And becoming more centered in that is probably the thing that's most important for all of us. Because right now we're chasing after it. But with God, it's not a please, it's only thank you. Because we've already had it in Him. And I also believe, just real briefly, I think there's something important in seeing that there are certain things that will only come when you wait. Mm. Only come when you're willing to be patient in those things. And that's including uh, being diligent and hard work, uh, achieving your dreams and different elements like that. You may not see the fruit of it right away. And if you don't, don't be discouraged. It doesn't mean you're on the wrong path. You may be on your way to your biggest and greatest moment. I like that. You heard it here, folks. Pastor Stephen Francis telling you, wait, the fruit will come on the vine. You just have to be patient sometimes. And right now, we're going to go ahead and pay some bills, but we'll be right back with more Ambo TV. Welcome back to Ambo TV, bringing a fresh new style to the Word of God. Before the break, we were checking out Pastor Chris Emmett, but right now I want to go ahead and get back to Pastor Corey Demmel. And then verse 15 is the funniest because somebody's finally going to break the silence and uh, like try to change the subject. So somebody pipes up and goes, blessed is the one who will eat at the feast of the kingdom of God. And Jesus is like, yeah, about that. Let's talk about that for a second. <laughs> and he just keeps going. And he said, actually, there was a man preparing for a banquet, and everybody he invited gave him a reason why they couldn't go. They gave him excuses. I got to go bury my friends. I got a business thing. I got to go to the ball game. So then the master says, why don't you go and invite the cripple and the lame and the blind? And they're like, dude, what's with the cripple, the lame, and the blind? They don't get to be here. And then fill it with everybody who wants to be there. And they said, well, and then the, he tells the parable, and he says, well, there's still more room. He says, then go into the highway and byways. And Jesus was giving them a picture of the kingdom of, let's just invite everybody. This isn't just for the people you would want to invite. This is for the foreigner and the, the outsider and the outcast and the other side, and we're gonna bring everybody in. And really what he's saying is, the kingdom of heaven is for everyone because everyone bears the image of God. And if you would understand that for yourself, you would be able to treat others that way. Jesus changed the conversation about what it meant to have worth and dignity, bestowed worth. Jesus spoke of this often in Matthew. In Matthew 12, he says, uh, Jesus said to them, if any of you has a sheep and it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, wouldn't you take hold of it and lift it out? I think we covered that. 
But he says, how much more, this is what he's trying to help us to understand, how much more valuable is a person than a sheep? See, unfortunately, in those times, certain types of people were, had less value than animals if you couldn't contribute to society. And Jesus is changing the conversation of the value of every human life. And can I tell you that we still haven't come very far in this. We still make our own systems and caste systems and we make our own rules and we do the haves and the have-nots depending on how you think or how you vote or where you were born or what age or what demographic or how you like your worships or, or service or how you like this or that. And, and, and everybody bears the image of God. My life, my, life, my life mission is to add value everywhere. Add value everywhere. I was, just, I was just interviewed on a podcast. Like, why are you all about adding value everywhere? I said, because I said, it's simple. I'm a follower of Jesus. It's, it's just that simple. He added value everywhere because everybody bears the image of God. You know what I found? Most people don't know it or they've forgotten it. And it's not their job to act like it so I can treat them like it. It's my job to pull it out of them so they can be reminded of who they are. That's my job as a follower of Jesus. That's what we do. So he says, hey, therefore, it's lawful to do good on the Sabbath. In Matthew 6, he says, hey, look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap or store away in barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds and takes care of them. Are you not much more valuable than they are? Matthew 10, he says, are not two sparrows sold for one penny? Yet one of them, not one of them, will fall to the ground outside of your Father's care, and even the very hairs of your head are numbered. So don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. He's saying God even breathes trees and, and, and plants, and, he, and there's twigs that they can make. These sparrows can have their nests, and they can... And when they fall, your heavenly father knows. He goes, aren't you more valuable than the sparrows? Again, humans have value. Humans have value. Humans have value. Dignity, dignity. This is the message of Jesus. It's what got him killed by the top 2% on both sides. When, when you, those of us who had kids, when your kids are born, one of the first things you do is you count their extremities, right? You count their fingers and toes. You really hope there's 20. The Bible says that God doesn't count your fingers and toes. He counts the hairs on your head. That's how important you are. That's how much he knows you. There's not a thing that happens in your life that he's unaware of. And he wants to you to include him into every part of your life. You have that much value. Jesus created a whole new vision and version of what it meant to be human. All right, Pastor Corey's going after the status quo kind of mm. right here, right? Like he's, he's just, because there's so many people throughout history too, mm. that just benefit from making people feel worthless for making them feel inferior or you're not good enough not smart enough not talented enough not you know and and it does kind of make people after a while you're beating them in the head with this and they fall into this trap of of kind of living that way so just as a pastor like how would you reach someone that that that's that you can tell has kind of been beat down by the world and, and just kind of bring them into the fray of, of the Holy Spirit. You know what's so difficult, Dean, is oftentimes I can say all the right things, but they have to be the person that believes it for themselves. Mm. And anytime I see someone that has issues with their self-worth, with their self-image, I can't say anything right away that'll fix it. It's walking with them yeah. in a way that says, hey, listen, daily remind yourself you're worth something daily remind yourself you are made in the image of god the creator of the universe daily live in that truth and hopefully with walking with them meeting with them they'll make a change for the better yeah and, and i mean it's, it's really important too because and back to the whole social media thing we seem to put a lot of emphasis now on how we present ourselves and, and how good we look even though everything is filtered right mm -hmm. now right so i, I think it it might be a, a thing of seeing things through God's filter. Is, mm. Can that be a thing? 
Absolutely, that's yeah. the thing. Yeah. All right, I like it. See, God's mm -hmm. filter. God has, he should have his own Insta. I think we should have, that's TM right now. Pastor Stephen Francis and I, TM, God's filter. Uh, right now, <laughs> I want to go ahead and get back to Pastor Tommy, a.k.a. Urban D, and let him wrap up his sermon. And so, here's the next point. I'm just taking it right from the text, y'all. Right from the text. It's good, right? Do everything. Somebody say everything again. Without complaining, without arguing, so no one can criticize you. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. How many of y'all have ever seen that Christian that complains and argues? You ever saw that Christian? How many of y'all have ever been that Christian? Okay, oh, look at that. Honest people, praise the Lord. Being honest in church, Pastor Christopher, look at him. We're training him good. I've been that person at some points in my life too. Yeah, don't be that person. Y'all making us look bad, right? Because then people will be able to criticize Christians and say that's exactly why I don't want to be a Christian. But Paul here is reminding them and saying, man, like, don't argue, don't criticize, live clean lives, be on point, be a light everywhere you go because the world is dark and we need you to let you shine your light bright. I was in Philly a couple of weeks ago speaking up there and I had to take an Uber from the airport to the, to, to the hotel where I was staying and uh, the Uber driver was, um, he was a character. He was a talker. That's what it said on, on, the, on the review. It said, this guy is a talker. He sure was. And I don't know if it was because of the way I was dressed that he just immediately thought like he could get super comfortable with me, but he didn't, he didn't know I was a pastor. He really didn't know I was a pastor because of the words coming out of his mouth. I could not repeat most of them here. I mean, it was, whoop, whoop, whoop. I mean, and, and he was just going off on like his life. He was, he was having a venting session. I don't know. But he was telling me about his job and his car and, and just, you know, all this stuff that was going on in his life. And it was filled with all kinds of um, licit language. <laughs> and so uh, then he got to the point and he asked and he said, are you married? And he didn't even let me answer because then he butted in. He said, are you married? If you're not, don't get married. So I said, all right, here's my moment. You know, finally be quiet for a second. So I jumped in, I said, as a matter of fact, I am married. I've been married for 23 years. And he was like, real? How old are you? And so I began to share. I said, I said actually, um, man, I'm happily married. I love my wife. I got an incredible marriage. And he was like, it kind of got quiet for a minute. And I said, now, I, now listen, it takes work. It absolutely takes work. I said, early in our marriage, there were some things that we really had to work through. Um, but we've been in a great rhythm together. And, man, I can honestly say, like, man, I am really happily married. And a big key of it is God is in the middle of it. And so it just kind of shifted the whole conversation and the vibe of it. You know why? Because light entered into that Uber right there. And see, that's the thing, y'all. Like, we're not supposed to, like, shrink back from the world that, like Paul says, can be dark and crooked and perverse and the people that don't know Jesus are, are lost, we're supposed to let our light shine bright and those opportunities and find ways to have conversation, not be judgmental, not try to like preach at someone and yell at them and tell them how wrong they are and stop cursing, I'm a pastor, like, you know. 
but to be a light and, and love people and use Holy Spirit discernment in every situation. All right, look, man, like I, I have to be straight up. This is one of my biggest struggles, and it's um, it was short temper. You mm -hmm. know, this is this was a kind of a thing for me, and and everybody here at Ambo TV knows that I struggle with it, and and I've had issues with um maybe using colorful language or foul language. Not here on set, not, but I've admitted it to people that like every once in a while I can uh, I can curse like Peter. So mm -hmm. where where can I look? Where can I look to help me with short temper? Like are there any Bible verses or, or something I can look to that would help me out with just not being so short and, and confrontational sometimes? You know, there's a Bible verse and I feel bad because I'm a pastor and I don't know it off the top of my <laughs> head, but it goes along like this, like, uh, be quick to listen, um, but slow to anger. Mm, okay. I think I think the passage is saying, you know, understanding can definitely help you out a lot in a lot of situations, especially because many times we are angry as a natural response, and there's nothing wrong with anger. It's what we do with our anger that's an issue. Um, but we can respond quickly in anger to something. But if we stopped and we actually took some time to evaluate the situation, maybe we won't be as upset and again you know this goes back to the other pastor that spoke about the imago day seeing people in the image of god you don't want to you know let loose and, and hurt somebody verbally that's made in the image of god even if they are in the wrong there's ways of confronting that in a way that's more constructive than uh destructive yeah it's, and and it's happened to me before where you know somebody cuts you off in traffic and you yell you yell out the window because i mean look this is new york it's a thing. Indeed. And it becomes habitual, you know, and, and so I think it, it, is it a thing of like kind of breaking that habit maybe of, of, and just starting to try to bite your tongue a little bit? You know, there's some acknowledgement that needs to happen for sure. Okay. There's also some self-seeking that you need to do, just self-evaluation where you're trying to understand why you do those things, mm. what triggers those things. And once you best understand those factors, then you know, okay, now that I know this, now that I know why I do this, now how do I respond to it? And when you kind of have more of that type of plan, you're putting yourself way more into a successful course. Mm. And I mean, the, the, the whole idea too, and, and the whole premise of it is that as representatives of you know, the Christian faith, we gotta watch our mouths. People, we can't be out here acting crazy. Uh, with that being said, we're gonna be right back with more Ambo TV. Welcome back to Ambo TV, home of next generation pastors. Before the break, we were with Pastor Tommy, AKA Urban D in Florida. But right now I wanna get back to Pastor Chris Emmett in Forsyth, Georgia. Let's check him out. I want you to look down at verse 29. He says, take my yoke upon you and let me teach you because I'm humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. Second idea I wrote down is this, is living under another person's opinion is overwhelming. Living under another person's opinion about what they think you should do or shouldn't do is completely overwhelming. It is carrying a much heavier burden than you should really carry. 
because their opinion is going to change, and now all of a sudden you're going to live underneath their opinion. But guess what? This person over here has a completely different opinion about what they think you should or shouldn't do. And so now you're going to go please them, but now you're going to disappoint them. But this person over here, you're not even close to, to making them happy. And so you've got all these opinions. And living under, under people's opinions is like carrying a heavy, heavy burden. It's a bit overwhelming. And Jesus says, come to me, all of you who carry those heavy burdens, and you will find rest for your soul. He says, for the burden I give you is, my burden is easy and my yoke is light. Now here's what's interesting. When Jesus talks about the yoke that he gives you, yoke is, was a tool that the ox would wear to plow a field. And when the, the ox had the yoke on its neck, the ox was no longer in control. It was the person who controlled the yoke. It was the farmer. And so when Jesus is saying, take my yoke upon you for my burden is easy, that word easy doesn't mean lawn chair easy. That word easy in the original language means well-fitting. Well-fitting going, this is the yoke that you were meant to carry as a human being. So Jesus is not saying, hey, come to me. Here's a lawn chair. Take it easy and hang out. He's going, no, come follow me. Uh, you'll find rest for your souls. And the yoke that you carry will be one that you are meant to carry. It's one that's well-fitted for you. It's the one that I've designed for you. You're not designed to live underneath their opinions. You're not designed to live underneath their approval. You're designed to live underneath the yoke of Jesus Christ, the one that is well-fitted for you, the one that is well-fitted for me. But for whatever reason, we carry burden after burden after burden because I've disappointed them, I let them down, I haven't met their approval, and so we hear all these opinions, and it's like carrying this heavy, heavy weight, and we begin to stumble. It's like if you ever put like a ton of books in a backpack and, and try to carry it, it's a heavy, heavy burden. A couple of months ago when my son Micah started preschool, he had a little backpack and he had all these books and stuff like that, and Brianna had got it, and she was going to take it into the class, and the teacher was going to you know, put it in the shelves and that kind of stuff. Well, well Micah just is as stubborn as can be, and he wanted to carry this backpack himself fully loaded down and all, and so Brianna, being a good mom, captured a video of it. And here's Micah trying to carry a heavy burden. Watch this. Yeah, so, yeah, you, you applaud, but I, 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 I don't know about you, but personally, I've walked that way when I carry people's opinions on my back. Well, they think about me this way, and I'm not sure if they're going to like this, and all of a sudden, we carry burden after burden, and Jesus is going, if you will come to me, you will find rest for your souls, because the, the yoke that I'm asking you to carry is one that is well-fitted, well-suited for you. You've heard the phrase, the straw that broke the camel's back. You know it wasn't the straw that broke the camel's back. It was all the other weight that was never taken off the camel. If it was just the straw, no problem. But it was burden after burden, opinion after opinion, approval after approval, until finally the little straw, it seems what broke the camel's back, but it was all the other weight that was never taken off. 
And Jesus is going, if you will come to me, if you will walk in my ways, if you will walk underneath my authority, it is well-fitted, well-suited for you. You can try to live up to their approval and you're going to be exhausted. You can try to live underneath their opinions, you're going to be overwhelmed. But the number one thing that I can tell you to relieve pressure in your life, and as we finish up this series today, like if you hear nothing else for the past several weeks, the number one thing that I can tell you when it comes to pressure in your life and whatever pressure that you're feeling, if you want pressure to be relieved in your life, the number one thing that I can tell you is to live your life under the approval and authority of Jesus. Live your life under the approval and authority of Jesus. Live under approved. As a follower of Jesus, you are approved, you are loved, you are accepted. Whatever word you want to use to fill in that blank, you're good. It's the very definition of grace. You're good. I don't deserve it. Of course you don't. Well, I didn't earn it. Me neither. But praise God for his amazing grace in my life and in your life. And so, no, you, you don't deserve it. No, I didn't earn it, but by his grace, we are approved, we're accepted, we're loved. And so we live our life from that approval, not for that approval. And so we begin to walk in ways, and we begin to live in this newfound freedom of going, I'm approved by Jesus Christ, the creator of the universe, the one who's spoken in you, the one who loves me. I'm, and so now I begin to live from his approval and underneath his authority. Now, I want you to notice something very, very clearly, that you're not trading in a heavy burden for no burden. You're trading in a heavy burden for the light burden that Jesus gives, but it's still a burden. There's still authority that you must come under, and you want that authority in your life. All right, so I'm going to do something special right now. I'm going to try to break this one down. You tell me if I got it right or wrong. Okay, let's go. So Pastor Chris Emmett is talking about um, God's yoke. Mm-hmm. And God's yoke, which would mean his grip, correct? Yeah. His grip on us or, or his embrace mm-hmm. on us. It's, it's hard, it's, but it's not as bad as the grip or the yoke that secular life has on you or, or these worldly things have on you. Am I kind of right? Am I in the right? You're the getting right? there. You're getting there. getting there. Yeah. Right, cool. I, I'll, I'll take that. All right. All right. But now help me elaborate on it a little bit. Yeah. Like, help me. So the yoke back then was uh, something that was put on an animal that they would have to carry. Okay. So in this verbiage, when he's saying my yoke is easy, my burden is light, he's saying, listen, you might be carrying something that's way too heavy for you to bear. It's going to break your back. But if you take what I got, I will give you way more rest. I will give you way more ease of life through the perspective that you have in me. Okay. So that's essentially what he's trying to put on here. It's like, listen, you don't have to go through life with a lot of the things that keep you burdened down, that keep you slow. But there are some things that if you actually take hold of what God has for you, it's not to say that you're gonna be burdened less or yoke less, but significantly less in the drama and the difficulties that come with the things that you usually can take for yourself. Right, so this is more of a kind of a, a let go and let God type of thing than like kind of, uh, you know, don't don't try to keep all of that weight on your own. Try mm. to kind of give a, give your problems to God and, and hopefully, not hopefully, but definitely, he'll ease the burden on you. 
can I call you Pastor no, Dean? No, you now? absolutely cannot. That's on the but, money, though. <laughs> no, but you're helping me. You're you're really helping me today get there because I mm. really wanted to try and 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 break this one down because Pastor Chris Emmett is is doing such a great job today, and mm-hmm. and this is kind of the whole joy of having pastors in the studio. I get to learn new stuff every day, and I get some help. Absolutely. Yeah, thank you so Happy much. Happy to do it for you. All right, so what we're gonna do is we're gonna take another quick break, but we'll be right back with more Ambo TV. For the next seven days, when we get up in the morning, we look in the mirror, we start our day. What if the first thought we had is, I bear the image of the Creator? I was created in God's image, and I have value and I have worth, not because of anything I have or haven't done, or my world says I have or don't, the social media world compares me to, but because the creator of the universe made me in his image. What if that was how you went and operated and lived this week? And then what if it led to a second thought that every single person that I will interact with this week, whether I know them or not, they also bear the image of the creator and I will treat them as such. All right, Pastor Corey wrapping it up for us. And as we do at the end of every show, Pastor Stephen, come on, you're the OG. You know how we do this. Uh, can you give the folks at home a Bible passage that kind of ties into what Pastor Corey was just talking about? For sure. Scripture not only says that we're made in the image of God, but it also says that Mary, the mother of Jesus, gave birth to a son whose name is Emmanuel, which means God with us. Please know that not only are you made in the image of God, but God is with you always. I love it, man. Pastor Stephen Francis, thank you so much, brother, for coming back. Absolutely. I appreciate it. I really hope you come back again. Uh, to our partnering churches, Cape Christian Church with Pastor Corey, Crossover Church with Pastor Tommy, and Mountain Lake Church with Pastor Chris. Thank you guys for those inspiring messages. Please keep them coming. To see those complete sermons and other great sermons, head over to ambotv.com. We always have great content there for you guys, and you can sign up for our daily newsletter, and be sure to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and Spotify. How awesome is that? Thank you guys for watching. Good night, and I'll see you next week.